0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new
1: Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode will be a mailbag episode dedicated to answering any and all questions that listeners have submitted to the podcast over the last week. But before we get into that, Bridget and Scott, how are you guys doing? And is there any updates on the Bruins? They have a few days off here between games.
0: I'm great. Uh, Got got my flu shot today. So, you know, really, really exciting times over here. Good productive use of downtime in the Bruins schedule. Um, The one piece of news that came out of Wednesday's practice I got to turn off my email here, That <laughs> the mailbag, is just, it's just this questions still just flying in going crazy. Um, yeah. So the one news that came out of Wednesday's practice is that Montgomery said Matt Grizzlick is expected back a week from Saturday. Um, so November 25th down in New York for that game. That's the first game he's eligible to come off long-term injured reserve. And sounds like there have not been any setbacks and he'll be ready to go then um before we get into our first question which is related to that uh give Bridget a chance Bridget how are you doing
2: I'm good I'm good I've been super busy too even though the Bruins are off for a few days I'm doing so much college hockey prep work I'm going up to Burlington Monday um because we're doing a UVM game on Ness and Tuesday I'm, I'm gonna be all over the place you're you're gonna have a hard time pinning me down for for the next few episodes, honestly. Um, but yeah, no. What Scott said about Grizzly was probably the biggest um, piece of information out of practice that we that's happened since the last time we recorded.
0: So what what you're saying is people can now fill up the mailbag with their heady topper requests.
2: Is that? Is and by people you mean Scott? Because right. <laughs> like whenever I do a road trip, I like. I asked Scott if he wants any beer from the breweries that I'm going to. And I, when I went to Montreal, I brought you back Hill Farmstead. I brought everybody back. Yeah, that,
0: yeah that was very much appreciated. You actually lucked yeah. up this time because my sister was working in Vermont this week. So I'm, I'm already covered on the Vermont beer. Oh, uh,
2: well, you let me know. I'm yeah. going, I'm going to foam. I'm going to Burlington Beer Company. I'm going to probably another one. <laughs> I'm I'm making a like a few days out of it. I'm, and that's not broadcast day. All right, broadcast day, no beer. But
0: <laughs> Bridget's just just hammered on, on eight and a half percent IPAs.
2: I'm going up a day early to go to some of the breweries, though. So. Yeah.
0: all right, well, Bridget. <laughs> um,
1: so Bridget Scott kind of alluded to it. I think there's there's a a first mailbag question that kind of discusses Grizzly, and maybe yeah. if you want to kind of shout that out.
2: Okay, so yeah, our mailbag. Question is, with Grizzly coming back, will Laura be sent down? Uh, and can – so, yeah, will Lori be the one that's sent down? And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, um, what we think about who's going to be the player to go down at that point. I'll start. I'll throw it to Brian to start. Is it 100% certain that Mason Laura is going down when Grizzly comes back and is healthy?
1: I don't think so. Um, I, I could be wrong about that, but the way I see it, you can always have a seventh defenseman around. So if if Grizzly wants to – if they want to insert Grizzly back into the lineup and have Lowry be the seventh guy and just kind of have that seventh defenseman be rotating in every other game, no matter who it is, where everybody's playing, then you can still carry him on the roster, have 7-D, but it won't be a situation where that seventh defenseman is just up in the press box, not getting any reps. Um is maybe they do send it down to Providence. I personally like I, I, I acknowledge that he has stuff on his game to work on, but I just think like he's 23 years old, I believe. It's not like he's like an 18-year-old or 19-year-old fresh faced kid like like Matt Potra. It's like he's you know, he's in his early to mid twenties pretty soon. I just think I just think he's he's better off sticking around in the NHL and and as we've discussed, just developing at the NHL level. Keyword developing. Like I know he's not a finished product. So, um if they send him back down to Providence, I don't think he's there for the rest of the season that like he'll come back up at some point for one reason or another, but I want him to stick around. Do I think it's 100% chance he goes down to Providence? No. Do I think it's likely? Maybe more so than not, but I have no idea.
0: Yeah, t- 22 turning 23 in January. Um by the way, thanks to Mark for that question. Mark Allred, Black and Gold Productions. Always appreciate Mark's support. Um So I would say if Grizzlick were coming back this Saturday, as of right now, I would say Lori's probably going down. And the reason I say that is because I think Grizzlick was playing pretty well before he got injured. You know, I've always, I've said for a while like Derek Forbert usually stands out as sort of the weak link five on five, but that really hasn't been the case this year. The, in fact, the Bruins have outscored opponents eight to one when Forbert's been on the ice five on five, they've given up very few high danger chances. Like he's, you know, obviously he's a big part of the penalty kill, which is number one in the NHL, but he's also more than doing the job at five on five right now. So I just don't think, I don't think there's any obvious person to sit. You know, I think Shattenkirk's generally been pretty good. Um, and if if you sit Shattenkirk, then someone's moving over to their offside, which it, you can do, but just isn't ideal. Um, and I I don't think Lori has forced the Bruins hand to a point where he has to be in the lineup. And that doesn't mean I think he's playing poorly. Those are two different things. I just think he's, he's had some ups. He's had some downs. The overall results are the Bruins have tended to give up more chances than they've gotten when he's been on the ice. Um, You know, if you dive in like by pairing, like it's only been two games with McAvoy. There's going to be a few more. And that's where I say, like, as of right now, I think Laura would go down, but the Bruins have four games between now and next Saturday. Like this is, a very busy part of the schedule. They play Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, before we even get to New York next Saturday. So that could be four more games for him to play. Now you're at 10 games in the NHL forum and you're you're looking at a little bit bigger of a sample size. So I still think there's a chance for him to force their hand. But if we're making the call right now, I'd say he probably goes down just so he can keep playing a lot of minutes and developing in Providence. And because you feel pretty good about the six other defensemen you have.
1: I also yeah. mentioned, oh, sorry, Bridget, but um, I also mm-hmm. mentioned, I, f- I forgot to mention this when I was going. Um, when we first talked about this, like last week or the week before I said, I think he had like two points in three games. And I said something along the lines of, you know, if you were to have like seven to nine points in 10 to 12 games, how do you send him down? Well, he hasn't had that. He actually hasn't had a, registered a point, I don't believe, since I mentioned that. So I guess to kind of go against my stance of like I kind of want to see him stick around, I also acknowledge maybe um maybe to Scott's point, he hasn't done enough to force their hand.
2: Yeah, my question would just be if you kept a seventh defenseman, which would be the way that you had to keep Laura in the lineup, like who's the guy that you're rotating out? Like, I don't think Shaq Shattenkirk has had a bad year. I think Forbert, like you mentioned, Scott, hasn't done anything to get taken out of the lineup at this point, um, as long as he's healthy. But that kind of leaves you in a position where, you know, you're rotating guys in and out who you almost feel like you'd rather just stick with a certain six and get them the ice time and send Laura down to develop and not have him waiting around playing only half, half the games. Like, say, he played every other game switched out with Shattenkirk or switched out with Forbert or even Grizzlick if Grizzlick needed a maintenance day for whatever reason. Um you're you're not getting him as many reps as you probably like. Um and you can definitely get him that ice time in Providence. So that's kind of the main consideration at this point is if everybody's healthy and you don't need someone to kind of come in and and take time for guys who are hurt for them to either have a maintenance day or actually legitimately need to be out of the lineup for injury. Um you're kind of stuck in a situation where you probably just want to send him down and have him develop in Providence. It doesn't hurt him to do that and you know maybe he comes back up sooner rather than later. We're not sure how the health is going to work out with the Bruins blue line, so.
0: Yeah, and you know last year after the Bruins traded for Dimitri Orlov, we saw like a true rotation on defense where it seems like everyone got a turn resting and um, it was like legitimately seven guys in and out all the time. And and of course, poor Jacob Zaboral still barely playing, but um, you, you could do that. and, And I actually would say like, this would be the time I would like doing that more now this time of year rather than last year in the second half, because I do kind of wonder if, you know, doing that down the stretch last year did that kind of mess with the chemistry a little bit and not really allow certain pairings to kind of settle in ahead of the playoffs. Um, Obviously you have so many games to go now that I don't think that would be an issue. Like you're not, you're not trying to lock down your playoff pairings just yet. So um, you could, but I don't even really love the idea of Lorai being in a rotation. Like I I really do want him playing like just a lot of games and a lot of minutes because it, to me, it's reps that he needs. Like he just needs to play. Um, You know, we're talking, we're still talking about someone who's only played what, like a couple dozen professional games at this point between Providence and Boston. So I just want him to play a lot. And I think, He can do that in Providence. He can play in every situation. Um, Like I said, to this point, for me, he hasn't forced his way into an everyday role in Boston. And that's not, that's not any sort of criticism. It's not a disappointment. It's just, that's what I think of his six games so far. So that
2: kind of, that kind of, uh, if just to like move us ahead onto a similar topic, a similar question that we got was about load management. So Jeff sent us an email and he said, Is there, should there be a plan for load management of rookies? And we're kind of talking about load management of defensive at this time of year. Should there be load management for rookies? And I guess Lori would be included in that, but I think mostly we're talking Patra here, um, maybe also talking about Beecher. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts?
1: I mean, I think the Bruins don't really have the luxury of doing load management with matt potcher in particular because you're still trying to identify your chemistry up front and he's an integral part of that so to i just think you're delaying the i guess uh scouting process of of what your forward grouping should potentially be um and i just think i'm not saying you can't maybe sit him down here or there if you feel like he's just fatigued or, or or mentally needs needs to go up to the ninth floor for a minute to, to look at the game from above but to do like a set you know schedule like potter's gonna you know sit out every three games or whatever it's like I, no I, I i if you're part of the team you're part of the team and look the, the nhl schedule is is grueling it's demanding it's 82 games um a lot of travel a lot of practices but you know i don't think I don't think uh, massaging the shoulders of a rookie to help integrate him into the pro life is the best way for them to learn. I think he's going to kind of throw him into the fire. And if he's showing signs of fatigue or like he needs to, like I said, take a game or two off to watch from above, then you do it. But I don't think a set schedule is, is necessary.
0: Yeah. And Jim Montgomery was actually asked about this idea. It was after one of the games against Anaheim because the Ducks are doing this with Leo Carlson, uh, the second overall pick from this past summer. Um, They have like a set plan of him sitting certain games. Uh, They said, you know, practice and weight room is just as important part of his development as games. And they don't want to overwork him Um, to Brian's point though. I don't think the Bruins have that same luxury Anaheim has like $8 million in cap space. So like, they have money to carry extra players and you know be able to sit guys out here and there. The Bruins are right up against the cap. Like they, they don't have money to play with where they can just be calling guys up and down, moving guys in and out. Like they're gonna have maybe one extra forward at any given time. Um and is an, an important part of the team. He's one of their centers. Uh, he's helping them win games. Like Lauri. I think playing games is what's going to help him the most um, getting him into different situations, having him kind of see everything you you have to see in NHL competition. Um, and Montgomery did say like, yes, young players, especially rookies tend to hit some sort of wall at some point. And he said, you know, right now their plan for that would be, all right, if, it, if there's an optional skate, tell him he's taking the option, tell him, you're resting that day, you have the day off. Um, you know, you can do you can load manage his minutes, right? Like, we, we kind of seen that already. Where Padre got bumped up to the first line, had a couple games where he's up to like 17, 18 minutes, then they moved him down to the third line, and the minutes go back down to you know 14, 14 and a half. Like, there are ways to do it without just saying, okay, we're completely giving him a night off. Um, You know, and as you get to the second half, if you feel like you have to do that, you you can. You can always reevaluate these things. But right now, no, I don't think the Bruins need um, a set plan. And and you know, with Beecher's, like Beecher already went through a pro season in, in Providence, so him, I would say even less so. Like he's he's actually used to the heavier schedule, the full season, and just physically he's more developed like Johnny Beach you look at him like he's yeah he's he's, he's a man like he's not he's, he's not, not bumped around. Muscle. yeah
2: yeah he's not getting bumped around super easily and also naturally as a fourth line center you're gonna get fewer minutes so that line it's not like he has the extra wear and tear of a say a, a top six uh forward he's gonna be getting fourth line minutes I know he gets penalty kill minutes so you know that adds to his time but I think that if, if we're talking about the three rookies, Lorai, Patra, and Beecher. Beecher would definitely be the one that I would say needs it the least. Like, I don't think load management comes up with him really at all. I think if you were to keep a rotation and keep Lorai in there, that would automatically create uh, some load management for him and for the other defensemen. And for Patra, like you mentioned, Scott, maybe some games he gets less time, maybe some games he gets more. But you also want to work on his conditioning and, and help him get to that space. And I'd be interested. I don't know if we're allowed to <laughs> talk to like the strength and conditioning people. Cause I would love to kind of um, just have an interview with one of the strength and conditioning people and talk to them about what the plan are plan is and how they deal with certain things mid season in terms of putting on weight or in terms of trying to get guys stamina up. Um, it's just something that I'm fascinated with always. So I don't know if we'd be able to, Scott, at some point, talk to one of those people and kind of pick their brain a little bit about what kind of strategy you use there.
0: I kind of doubt it. I'm not going to say impossible, but... Me too, I but
2: it's just like, I feel You're like it's uh... a, it's such an underlying part of the game that I would just like to have that background in, you know, because it's not our expertise. We're not, we're not trainers. We're not you know, doctors, I, those are the kind of things I wish I knew so that I could kind of understand what the thought process is for, for dealing with certain situations like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we we see all them around practice and I I think, um, they're, I think they're, they're good. Like just kind of shooting the shit here and there in the hallway with media. I don't think doing an interview would really be their favorite, but you know, we, we can ask at some point. All you can do is ask.
1: I would love being given to be given the green light about. All right, you got to put on some weight this month, so go. Here's the uh, go to go to Chick Fil A on, on Boylston Street, or as much as you want and as often as you want. I would I would literally turn into the movie Super Size Me for like a month, you know. But the amount of skating these guys are doing, you probably won't even notice. And Brian,
2: some people's metabolisms are so high that you could eat two to three times more than necessary your amount of calories and you still wouldn't put on weight like i have a friend who we were my brother's a trainer like we were trying to get him to put on weight for over a year he was not putting on any weight even though he was eating twice the the recommended calories for someone his uh size and age i mean sometimes people just metabolize it and it's it's not as easy as you think
1: let's not to not not to go too off topic, but I do have a quick little Brian mailbag question for the two of you. What's your favorite cheat meal, or like meal where you're just like, "This is very unhealthy. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm going to enjoy it." Poutine. Oh, <laughs> good answer. <That>, <laughs> i like the people in Family on. Feud. Good answer. Good answer.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably just like chicken parm. Just like like I can eat like a ton of chicken parm, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like like. Sometimes I'll eat chicken parm, like, in moderation, like, no, uh, all right, like, we're not going crazy, but if I go to a restaurant that has, like, big portions, mm. I'll, I'll just eat all of it, and I'm like, I know this is gross. Like, I know this is really bad. I know this is gross. So I'm going to regret <laughs> this later, but don't care. Like, just so good.
1: I, I mean, there's a million and one answers here. Um, I think for me, if I had to think of one, I would say, like, and there's a few places I have in mind in particular when I say this, but like a chicken parm sub uh, accompanied with like a chicken broccoli alfredo pizza and, and of course, like, you know, a nice greasy bag of fries, like give it to me all, all day.